I V M. Special episode of uh, the Geek Food Podcast uh, this week. It's me, Tejas. I have Jishnu and Dinkar uh, in the studios, uh, plural, because there are three now. What's up, guys? Hello. What's up, Tejas? How do you do? I'm doing just about okay. Just <laughs> <is> being honest. <laughs> right. So uh, the reason you're doing just about okay though is you're exhausted from having gone to a gig yesterday. Is this correct? I d- yeah, you know, I got that post-gig, uh, you know, days um, on because it ended at an unearthly hour, which is like 4.30 a.m. in the morning. But so Tejas, am- how did you go hmm. to a concert? Oh, did I not mention? Oh, <laughs> I didn't go anywhere. It was at home. I bought my first uh, ticket ever for a digital concert. For that, for that is the way we do things now. Have you guys ever bought like digital concert tickets? Have you seen in this time period... Have you watched anything that you've paid for, like physically? I mean, digitally, whatever. No, I've performed stuff that other people have paid for. Ah, But nice. I have not yes, been yes. a patron myself. So, I mean, is that because you're the artists that you want to see are already doing like free kind of shows or, or are readily available on the web? Or is it because they have just not chosen to do it, you know? A little, uh, a little bit of both. Like I got, I got to see a couple of people who don't put out stuff too often doing lives for free, like right at the beginning of this. Uh, I saw a right. couple of lives back in like late March, early April. That was really cool. Um, okay. But then, uh, yeah, a, a lot of people just aren't performing. And mm. so that has now just given me more time to dive into watching three hour long movies and, you know, that's cool. Stuff like that. Yeah. So I, when yeah. you say three hour long movies, you mean six episodes of Fuller House? <laughs> or new one season episode of is the out. Irishman. Do you wanna do you wanna get into this? Do you wanna get into this? Rosie two is back. What's what second, is Rosie one two? Second. Just it two, is the just two. Rosie one. What is Rosie one? one? Second. It is her car. No, Who's car? My answer is no. Car. Where is the car? <laughs> it's in the it's in the kitchen. How is it in the kitchen? Because she went outside. She was gonna leave. She threw a fit. She went put it in reverse. Just, no, I won't and understand because I haven't seen season five. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> but okay, this well, does very much. This does lead into our topic for today's episode, which is how the coronavirus and COVID-19 situation is impacting the worlds of uh, pop culture and entertainment at a larger scale level. So we've discussed this on some of our other shows, such as the Nerditorium on YouTube. Uh, But let's start with this. The theater chains and the streaming services are getting bitchy with each other. Yeah, Mm -hmm. man. And it's becoming local also, right? Because Inox was the latest in uh, the line of uh, theater chains to kind of now uh, stand firmly against uh, those who would uh, choose to deliver their content digitally only. Um, So just to set some context, what happened was obviously both uh, internationally and in India, studios realizing that there's not much hope of uh, putting out movies in theaters anytime soon either have the option to sit on those movies and go for a later release date or put them out on streaming services. And uh, in India, Prime, Amazon Prime Video kind of snapped up a bunch of movies for release, uh, including some fairly high profile ones. Uh, And internationally, movies like uh, Trolls World Tour, which we were all so excited about, uh, is now going on a world tour of people. What shade is this for no reason? 
<laughs> I said I was excited about it. Maybe you're reading into your own feelings about it, Tejas. <laughs> you're projecting. <laughs> yeah, but, you you're know, projecting. Uh, uh, Speaking uh, of um, projecting, Trolls is definitely yes. not projecting because theaters are shut. <laughs> oh gosh. Wow. Uh, but anyway, just uh, yes. I I want to also add to that list. There was also Sonic. Uh, no, mm-hmm. Sonic release in theater. Sorry, it, it was uh, Scoob that uh, right. was Straight released digitally release. as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. There's in fact now there's been several. and uh, because of those reasons bad boys uh, the the bad boys sequel is currently the highest grossing movie of 2020 uh, bad yes. boys for life but what has happened which i saw theaters... by the way <laughs> oh and oh really yeah yeah i saw it uh, the other uh, last week i think i saw it and, and? Uh, oh you mean was, you watched uh, it at home yes i did watch it at home uh, it was good cool cool it's it's quite right. good cool yeah I okay interesting i uh, just all i'll say from that is that martin lawrence Man, he's a great actor, dude. Oh, he's always been. What happened? Yeah, he's so good. He's still great. Anyway, he was very compelling as the other Mrs. Doubtfire in Big Mama's house. Correct. Yes. True. The titular Big Mama. You see what I did there? So, what has happened is theaters have gotten very sassy about this. Like, they obviously they feel threatened. They feel like their relationship with the studios. and so far studios have always protected theaters interest by insisting on the theatrical release window and kind of combating services like netflix uh, as so a who unit. was it first it was amc right to say something about uh, one of the first universal? was amc yes who complained about the fact that universal had decided to go ahead and release uh, movies on streaming and that has spread with the uh, other theater saying stuff now and locally inox also issuing a statement saying it was very upset with the indian film industry the universal <laughs> theme though <laughs> has been yeah, this like unholy level of sass that the theaters are putting out they're just like so much, oh, so much wow, shade i thought we were friends but i guess like some movie studios just don't care about their true friends you know what's so weird is that universal went out to put out another letter saying yo yo we didn't mean it like that it was like watching an ugly breakup you know like uh online it was like and watching then the a other thing sequel yeah and the other thing that happened was like inox put out the statement but the only thing i got from that was like oh Inox, <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't Inox know. Inox is just like, really wow, who do we much? charge eight hundred rupees for a ticket now? <laughs> yeah, because it's like, yeah, I mean, true. creators still got to create the the things that they be creating, and uh, you know, the, the while the the theater is the ideal quote unquote way to watch these things, they're still gonna make the movies or still like try to do whatever they can to make things. Yeah, that's their the end of the deal. Has a TV channel. Yeah, so I mean, like, it already is in that game. It's Weird. it's the it's the same thing with like you know you said you you watched a gig last night like you know the musician would much rather have a real venue, but if they really want to make music as as uh, as they do, then they're gonna do by any means necessary. Yeah, true. And that's so, what they do. Do you guys think that? Uh, I mean, of course, that uh, theaters and studios have kind of been forced into these separate corners because of uh, the global pandemic situation. But do you think this was a long time coming anyway? Because the streaming versus theater wars have been on for years at this point, and studios have typically resisted, but now even they're giving in. Yeah, I mean, it's sad that uh, the the way the scales have been, you know, kind of tipped over. Unf- I mean, it is not; it's not unfair. Uh, I mean, it is unfair because this is like a natural phenomena that has kind of essentially driven theaters to this point. uh but uh, i don't know if they needed to react so vehemently especially when people said that they want to maintain their relationships with theaters i mean everybody yeah. loves i mean 
especially us here man we got it easy cuz theaters are so cheap to go to in india relatively speaking as you know in mm-hmm. context of the rest of the world so for us going to the theater is like is something that we do often we you know and we enjoy it you know like quite regularly so i i don't i don't know why if you are a theater enthusiast do you think it's because people are anyway kind of go on their way out of going to theaters just generally you know like maybe it's our generation of being introverts or whatever it is staying at home and watching movies is more and because they've never grown up i mean like maybe the new generation like gen z or whatever has not grown up you know going to the theater as often as maybe previous generations who didn't have a choice like on demand viewing yeah. so they try to so they basically companies are capitalizing on that i wouldn't be surprised yeah. if it's secretly the popcorn companies that are like yo who the hell are we going to sell to now Because that's where they make the money. Yeah, it's crazy. Especially yeah, considering, congestion. like you're saying, ticket prices are really cheap over here. You know, comparatively speaking, that's where you make the money, right? Your popcorn is yeah. more expensive than the ticket. So now, absolutely. Not not only does the fo- does do the folks get to watch the movies for f- almost free by watching it on a streaming service, yeah. um, they also spend approximately zero rupees on concessions because crazy. We're never going to go back to E Square. That means, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so sad. All and right. Spectacular um, food court. But yeah. speaking of E Square, I think you guys are right in the sense that we are probably the last generation that had the option of that only had the option of going to theaters. Really, so I know all of us have gone to movies just for the sake of it, right? Movies that there was no reason to like. We yeah. treated going to the theater as flipping through channels. We're like, what's on this week? Chalo, let's go check it out. Yep. And yeah. I think. most movies are like that like at least 60% of movies aren't essential theater watches really yeah because they're average at best and so this is kind of going to for i mean it's the facts man no, it's, it's the law of averages that's true law of averages <laughs> would mean 50% <laughs> no the uh, whatever we're not math guys <laughs> as we know <laughs> okay so uh i i think now that people have the option of watching not great movies at home they are going to lean more on that so i don't know maybe we'll see an eventual era where movie theaters are like a premium thing where you pay inox or more than inox prices to go watch movies you really want to watch in the theaters and everything else you watch at home Could yeah be, i like think maybe, maybe the movie theaters big anymore like yeah. they want to accommodate as many people and they up the premium price and then like the hopefully the the seats aren't as you know sticky and things like that and like it yeah. it becomes like a luxury product which i mean good yeah man they need to do more like programming kind of things Maybe? yeah you know like how they did marathons and stuff how they do that stuff in the us they make an in- event out of the movie theater experience right because first of all it's so expensive and second of all it's just like you know when there's you know big marvel movies coming up they would go and you know put you know double bills on or they'll do you know old school like re uh, like uh, rescreens of like older movies they need to do in 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 incorporate that culture maybe in india a little bit more so that they make the experience a little more sacred and then you know maybe so you know add like merch or something to it to make it more valuable the experience because experiential is the only reason why music still exists and has value right like people still go to gigs as opposed to listening to it you know at home uh you know it, it, as in like there's a value in going out to to listening to music so they need to just create that for theaters and and find a way to cut their prices a little bit or their costs down so that they can sell it. Can you riddle me this? Pay. What what about mm-hmm. like in Bollywood? What about the fans of Aman Bhai and the the boys that love to do a little dance and a sing song while he's doing the sing song on the screen? 
they don't get to yeah, do that already at already an experience yeah yeah that's what i mean yeah, so it is, they're, it they're is, you're right. do, do you think they're going to be flocking back the minute theaters open up cuz like oh thank god i've been working on my moves for the last 3 months in quarantine with nobody yeah, to show them off what you got to throw coins at your tv screen i doubt exactly. or your phone so do you think i mean like like you're saying we don't have we don't have the the fandom that uh, especially like comic book movies get uh, in the out, out west you know with marathons and things like that but we do have the equivalent i would assume with bollywood in the, to some extent we can create a fandom you get a fandom you get that same it energy so be, do you think that's yeah, going to bring people back be, for those kind of movies i think yeah if they're smart about how they program it and how they how they do things you know like over there movie culture is like it's accentuated by different kind of things you know whether it's like talk shows or you know or james lipton typed you know kind of inside the you know like there's there things that that are around the art of filmmaking that make it exciting to be like podcasting or whatever it is right that culture here exists but it's still very nascent i mean like we're still been more about the the celebration of of these celebrities and like going to the houses and waving as opposed to the craft of it like i think we need to inculcating that is like maybe what gets people excited about cinema but anyway i think um, i don't know if i mean i <clears throat> see what you're saying and so yeah. there's pockets of everything right like we have yeah. our own versions of uh, curated uh, theater runs and our own versions of uh, sure. uh, like podcasts that focus on filmmaking and so on but like you're saying it's niche but i feel like even if it does go mainstream that doesn't necessarily guarantee anything for the theater going experience because i mean theaters in the us are struggling in spite of the fact that there is a fairly uh, like a stronger culture at the least that is willing to put money down and yet uh, yeah. theaters like uh, the arclight and stuff struggle so it's it's, yeah, it's I, like I it's not a guarantee i don't think a model has been figured out yet for what theaters should do I don't think I don't think it's a guarantee but I think also that the you know the the stakes that we have right now have definitely not helped so uh, so yeah I I mean let's see man I hope people can still have the like the purchasing power you know to kind of go out and still go out and do things like movies or you know gigs or whatever post this whatever inevitable recession that we're going to go through so that's going to be a a dicey one for 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 most theater companies and just generally experiential festivals whatever it is so they're going to have to figure out a new model but I'm excited about that man that's our generations that's our thing then you know like it's we have to figure that out cool let's take cool. a break and we'll uh, come back and we've talked about the release side of things we'll talk about the production side of things on the other side of this break hey guys we're back we're talking about uh, well pop culture post corona and everything that we have kind of dabbled in briefly amongst our various kind of like uh, shows and stuff but we're giving you the definitive version of what life is like for nerds post uh, corona world so dinkar what's next uh well production as you know has been halted on pretty much every single movie everywhere uh but people are slowly trying to figure out how to get back so for example mission impossible just announced that they will very likely resume shooting in september with precautions in place though what those precautions are going to be nobody is very clear on yet and they've already been pretty clear on the fact that well we're making a mission impossible movie there's going to be some contact absolutely and uh, if i may put a small um, interesting factoid of how the bundesliga the only football <laughs> league in the world right now currently active is operating oh, it's the absolutely the, bizarre with the studi audience 
So I tell you what. So so they started like three weeks ago, and we've been watching the matches just because we're so starved for like football. But it's been amazing. So here's what ha- here's what's happening. They're playing in empty stadiums, mm-hmm. and obviously it's a contact sport. So you're gonna you know brush shoulders and stuff. But you're allowed five substitutions. Don't ask me how that's gonna help. But the moment the players run off pitch, they are uh, given a mask and sanitizer to wash their hands. Uh, that's wow. what happens. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. fucking crazy, and you can hear all of the like basically just the chatter of all the the football players. One thing is broken illusion about how mature we might think these players are. Uh, they're actually just nineteen and twenty year old kids just saying "ball, ball, ball." <laughs> it's so funny, and we just thought there's some insane strategy happening. No, there isn't. It's just everybody's yelling for shit. Uh, but the but the interesting thing is that they've started sports again, man, and they they you know they're observing like a backup procedure. And stuff. Explain this mask yeah. thing. You're saying they go off the pitch, put a mask on, and then yes. when they come back on the pitch, they take the mask and, off. No, they don't come back. Once they sub, they sub. Right? Oh, so okay. So you wear a mask when you're off the pitch. Yeah, when you're off okay, pitch, so. you're not allowed to. Yeah. yeah. So and everyone is maintaining like some kind of distance. Uh, but the players on the pitch are are playing, man. Yeah. You know, what are you gonna you do? Gotta, and in America, when they broadcast the same sports, uh-huh. they are playing fake student, like so, like audience, like spectators. Nice. Can, can not can laughter, but can. Cheer. Yeah, it's it's can cheering. It's weird. It's super weird. But the, obviously, the reception that we get—I mean, like the the fee that we get here on Hotstar and all that stuff—is just like empty, and you can hear the reverb like of the stadium. It's mad. Yeah. So I don't know if that is the way that you know Marvel and all these big studios who are going ahead are going to be basically doing it with a minimal kind of setup or with really hardcore guidelines uh, to kind of keep the shoots going. That's what it I It might have to be a case-by-case case situation for ex- because, I mean, yeah. if nothing else, even if your crew maintains all sorts of uh, physical distancing, uh, the actors are going to have to be in each other's faces. So Yeah, some yeah, have to like I, I, I make out and shit. True. No more sexy time on, be on each No other's more sex faces. scenes. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Um, Don't tell me something. Yeah. Would you like remember the movie Be Kind Rewind? One of my favorites because mm-hmm. they invented this term called Sweden. Sweden films, which are just like basically the plot of the movies that they own a video store, Moss Def and Jack Black, and they erase all the VHSs by accident. So they have to recreate the movies like in this really shitty way, like this lo-fi way, and everyone it becomes a hit. So it was called Sweden in that movie. But would you watch a conference call version of literally every movie that we know, like Mission Impossible or like Batman or anything? That would be really funny, dude. I would watch the shit out of that. So instead of the message self-destructing, it's a Zoom call notification that pops up saying like, this call is going to end in, in 10 minutes. Five, yeah. Oh man, yeah. Zoom nah, pro or nah. It would, it would um, be a funny thing to watch. It, yeah. it, this, this has got me thinking though, that like, you know, now is when um, people that were already doing vlogs and like YouTube stars and whatnot could really thrive because they're like, well, we're the pros now, you know, we, we yeah, run, yeah. we rule this right now. Um, yeah. But also, on the other side of things, if they, if if big studios continue to, you know, halt production and don't put stuff out, do you think that that might just like encourage people to wrap this mother up and just get this, get their shit together and try and solve the world's problems? Because like, yo, we won't get entertainment until we solve this. What if they like use this as ransom? That's true. Why but, do they try that? Why do they try that? We're working on it already anyway, Jess. We are working no, on but it. Like, but every every little bigger, bit helps. Every little bit helps. You know? But the bigger question <laughs> is, I think that what is the level of quality that people really need to be entertained, right? Like, 
I mean, yes, we love an interstellar and we love, we would, we're all waiting for Tenet releasing July 17th as of, <laughs> but, uh, but the question is like, people are entertained regardless. Like you take, um, you know, like Trevor Noah or any of these like late show guys and just put them on in, you know, in front of a mobile phone camera yeah, and, and yeah. stream that people are still watching it. Like everyone is fine with it. More so than we thought it might be, right? Like that's yes. what's interesting so to that's, me. Yeah. That's production quality. And yeah, so we're talking about like TV and entertainment in general, but I'm thinking about the like the larger cinematic worlds and like storytelling at that level, basically. Yeah. I don't know if production changes are as easy to stomach there. They are yeah. acceptable in a lot of ways. Like, I mean, even now movies, like even in the past couple of years, there have been great movies that are just shot on phones that don't look great. <laughs> Or like we've always yeah. been completely fine with like uh, 16mm film and stuff, which is not, I mean, there's also a unique aesthetic to it. Uh, but productions are coming up with innovative ways to still go ahead. Like Blacklist, the James Spader starring TV show, uh, yeah. got stuck, unable to shoot its season finale because of... Uh, that show is still on? Dude. So yeah, it was the season seven finale that got uh, okay. paused mid-production. So they animated it. They made an animated version of the season finale and That's they justified amazing, it within the storytelling of the show. So yeah, it's, it's like That's that awesome. uh, rotoscoped uh, waking life kind of vibe. Oh so, shit, I want to watch that. Like That's so a, good. Yeah, right? Like we'll have yeah. to catch up on seven seasons of The Blacklist first and then watch <laughs> nah, this. Nah, <laughs> so I'm good. It's okay. <laughs> but but yeah. I, I will say this, the, the ultimate test really is going to be something like the Snyder Cut, which is supposed to come out 2021 has footage but wants to do 30 million dollars plus more of like production or post-production i don't know what it is so we'll see like really what is the and that's operating the highest level of like say cinematic not like in terms of cinematic brilliance but in terms of just production value resources um yes resources so I, i would i'm really keen to see what can you do merely just everyone sitting at home? What's the best thing everyone can do yeah. sitting at home? Uh, and and then see, like, you know, what, I like, what we're capable of. I'll, I'll echo Dee's point. I think that the, uh, the, the notion of storytelling is what is um, at jeopardy at the moment. Because like, like you said, yes, we totally can uh, be, uh, we, like, we can quench our thirst for, like, entertainment with people like your Trevor Noah's and uh, late night hosts who are used to holding a show pretty much on their own for the most part. But a lot of what they're doing, which they've always done, which was never something that we scrutinized before, was just giving commentary on the state of things, which was fine when it was like, cool, I've, I'm going now from watching, you know, somebody else's story that they've created called a movie where they've built an, a brand new narrative that didn't exist yesterday and a new set of characters that didn't exist yesterday to try and get a message across to me. And to take a break from that, I'm now going to go to a Trevor Noah to comment on the state of the world because that's a nice break. But when all yeah. I have, or not all I have, but like when the vast majority of what I have at the moment is just people like him who are very good at talking to camera, who are at the moment, I think just a better version of a vlogger who is just commenting on reality, um, a far better version. Uh, if that's all I'm getting, then I'm missing storytelling. I'm missing something new. I'm missing a, a world to get lost in. Because all that they're doing, all that they're able to do, unfortunately, is remind us of the state of the world and how to skew our perspective to sure. a hopefully a brighter, you know, side of it and look yeah. at a silver lining or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, that's my, really my thing the thing. Like, that if, if, if this was the world as we know it, like forever, 
going forward, right? If we could never go back to the to an older way, would uh, this celebrity culture or this kind of movie culture just like die? And like, would it be lost forever? Like that's, it's just like interesting to to note what would be the most important thing. I mean, we celebrate like these people and these arts and all that I stuff. Think, I think the medium would, that would cease change. to be the most. You just, yeah. you wouldn't, you wouldn't have like movies obviously wouldn't like, okay, now we're like really going off the rails with an assumption, but yeah, let's, let's assume that this continues indefinitely and we're stuck just being isolated by ourselves. Then, yeah, movies would be at stake. And then I think um, things like music would really have to shine because music is capable of being able to be produced remotely, but yeah. it'd be things like books you'd have to go back to where it's just like Man, one, one guy crazy. with a really solid idea who really puts the time into it and like is thorough AF with what he or she's trying to say. And it's just up to them and like one other editor or a couple of editors and that's it. But like movies, not so much. Mm. I think just, we're also like, so obviously at some point in our lifetimes, I assume uh, things will go back to somewhere they were in say 2018 right someday <laughs> who knows when yeah, i'm not committing yeah. to it uh yeah i'll decide when to get rid of this virus but uh what <laughs> this period might do is kind of expand what we thought was possible like we're talking about uh production quality switching i think what people can do with storytelling as well is now going to open up a little more because simply because they've been forced into a corner right it's that necessary yeah, limitation man mother of it's invention easy. vibe Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like there is a, so there was the blacklist. There was another TV show. It was a, I forget what it's called, but it's a courtroom show on, uh, on American, the, like the uh, practice. On, no, that's the other James Spader show, isn't it? No, that's <laughs> Boston legal. That's Boston legal. Oh, the, Amazing. Right, show. Right. Wasn't Boston legal Jackson. a spinoff of the practice? It is. It is. Yeah. Oh, is it? And James Spader was on the practice yeah, as is, well. Yeah. He was, but that was a much more serious show. And then they kind of, yeah. when they spin off, spun let's, off. Let's, let's move on past the practice. That's because they got to Denny Crane. <laughs> yeah, of course. Dude. <laughs> what were you getting at? Denny Crane and Murphy Brown. Anyway. Uh, so I was saying, uh, I forget, but Simone Missick is one of the stars of that show. Simone Missick from Luke Cage. Oh, it's called oh, uh, yeah, uh, Rise? No. Yes, Rise. All Rise. Is it Rise? Like the all blue Rise, song. Yeah. Like blue? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All one, one for the money. <laughs> All right. Then. That you denied? Shit, I can't remember the lyrics. <laughs> and the free ride. And the Two. free ride, correct. Two for the money so, that you denied. <laughs> so real life courtrooms have gone virtual now. So All Rise went ahead and shot, uh, I think they're still shooting episodes that are virtual courtrooms where they're dealing right. with cases, but like real life courts are dealing with cases right now, which is everyone shooting themselves. Dude, this is awesome, dude. I, I mean, I really I wanna, want to see all of these episodes. I want to drop. Like, I want to drop one of the most random anecdotes you'll ever hear me drop. Mm-hmm. In twenty twelve or thirteen, twenty thirteen, after I graduated from college, I was working at the TV studio where I spent a lot of my years in college, working as an undergrad, and then I worked there full time. And it was a very tiny cable access TV studio, so genuinely think Zach Galifianakis's Between Two Phones, exactly mm-hmm. that level of production value, right? Because it was for a town of 30,000 people. And I was the sole guy in charge of it when the boss was away, which was a lot of the times. And a couple of times over the summer when I was working 40 hours a week, a part of my job was once a month going to the city, city council and manning their like four camera production where I would just sit in the booth 
and just like watch what was essentially CCTV cameras, which were movable, which I could control watching civil disputes and like, you know, domestic violence cases and whatnot of like basically farmers. It's like, what? Like C-SPAN. Yes, exactly. Like C-SPAN, but even worse. Um, And the point of this was because people that couldn't, people that couldn't be there at these hearings who were forced to be there for jury duty had to then go back and watch these tapes that I would have to just sit there and hit record for, because let's face it, nobody cares about the, the cinematography of a civil court hearing. But uh, that was the thing I did. And that is the thing that people are now doing for reals. Cause I guess that's what else, what else you're going to do when you can't be at the meeting or at the hearing. Wow. Mm. And see. Just, yeah. Okay. Jugs, forget everything we were talking about. That's unimportant. What is the most dramatic case you saw? Uh, I think it would be when there was something to do with a guy who the people was, versus the, it wasn't the people versus it was the wife versus the the the, the man, and it wasn't domestic violence. What I've heard of that one. To do with like a <laughs> car, it was a car that they were fighting over, and it was like I had the car before we got married. Yeah, but I alimony something of the. They were just very loud and farmers, and it was very. Sounds you intense. know what they should have done? That's all. Is, the plot wasn't great, uh, but the performances were spectacular. If I was the judge in that case, I would say, let's cut this car in half and give one to each. And then ideally one of them would say, no, no, I'd rather give the car away than see it destroyed. And I'd say, you're the guy. The car goes to you. I'm a pretty good judge. That's a, that's a Birbal uh, move right there. That's a He-Man <laughs> message if there ever was one at the end of it. That's a oh, Solomon gosh. story, but I think there's a version of it in every culture. hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, guys. So, um... That's the that's the vibe I think uh, for today. I think <laughs> we'll call it a part it. one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we'll call it a part one because uh, there's definitely there's no there's no segue for this. Yeah. yeah, there yeah, might be more. Yeah, we'll know more in the next few months, and then we do a sequel. But but I, I'm I'm good. That, I'm I'm happy that we kind of like just uh, did a roundup of what the state of just like theaters and and streaming and distribution is for all the things that we love to watch and 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 listen to. And so, um, yeah, so let's uh, pick it up in uh, maybe a month or so and see where the world is at. And if we're hopefully doing any better, then we'll have some uh, better news to share as well. All right. Thanks Can so we much do that being... one as an animated show? <laughs> sure. It'll be animated. Done. But it'll, it'll just be audio though. Can it so, be sock puppets? It'll be animated audio, but then Jishnu uh, won't consider it to be a real podcast. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I won't have to do it. That's all you guys. I'll be used to it. I'll enjoy it. All right, all right. Okay. All right. Cool. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, we'll see you nerds next week.